Hello everybody, welcome once again to Vineyard Community Church. We're very glad that you're with us. We are uh, doing a uh, Christmas sermon today because we're in that time of year. So we're taking a break from the series we've been in for um, weeks and weeks already, staying present in the presence of God. We'll be back at that next week and uh, back in Luke chapter 6 actually. So uh, where we left off, we'll be picking it up there and finishing on the Beatitudes, but they're pretty much the same at the end of... um, Matthew 5 as they are in Luke 6, so we're going to end on that one. Looking forward to that. We're, we're going to be talking about when we come back to that, the attitude of mission and what that looks like. And I always like talking about our mission and what it's all about. And uh, actually, we'll be talking about that some today because really the, the Christmas message is the message of our mission and, and what it's all about. So we'll be digging into that together today. I want to talk some more about Christmas. Uh, with you and uh, what it's all about and uh, in particular uh, this weekend we're going to talk about why it's so important and we'll be looking at that together but before we do uh, a couple of things one you may have noticed someone put a sign here on my pulpit that says get her done Um, I did not put that there but I kind of like it so I'm leaving it there someone also put a license plate on my truck that says get her done that I didn't do either and uh, um, if if you were here for the series we did all year long, this is part of the Disciples Heart Primer that we did. And I said I like it a lot, get her done, because you don't get to say it much in church. But apparently I'll get to say it a lot now if I leave that hanging there. And uh, wait, wait, let me step there. Now you can see it on TV. And uh, maybe. Right here, let's. There. <laughs> and we just leave that sitting there. No. So, uh. It says get her done. I kind of like that. And uh, that's what we need to do. And that's again about mission, getting, getting her done, getting the life of a disciple done while we're out there. So we'll be talking about that. But first, before we hop into the message, a little story for you today that uh, I thought you might like. Um, oh, actually, I got two stories. The first story is, is, is real. Do you remember last week when I told you um, that I went to the Tropic Cinema, if you were here, and I, I got onto that first step and I couldn't see? And, and then I was stuck there for a while, and, and finally, you know, my wife came and grabbed me by the arm and started yanking me down the steps. And I'd said, what I wanted to really do was I wanted to sit down where I was and scrunch over and find the edge, uh, and, uh, which looks funny, but, um, but that would have been forward movement, you know. And I, I sort of had been thinking that, that sometimes we have to step out in faith like that a little bit. You know, we're not, we can't really see where we're headed, but we know we're supposed to go. But, but even if it's just a little thing like, well, I can't really step because I might fall off, but I can sit down on my butt and scrunch forward. I think that counted. Anyway, <clears throat> we got a gift um, from, from some friends and uh, we, we started to open it and they were in the fridge. Go ahead and open it. And when we opened it, and I didn't get it right away, um, but now that I've started telling the story, you're going to get it. When I opened it, it was a little flashlight. And I said, well, why'd they give us a little flashlight? And, th- and then taped to the little flashlight was two movie passes down to the Tropic Cinema. So uh, isn't that funny? So now I can go with a flashlight. And uh, anyway, I thought that was funny. Okay. It was, uh, anyway, a census taker walked up to a woman who was sitting on a porch. And after d- introducing himself, he started asking her questions. And he, he got to this question. He said, well, how many children do you have? And the woman answered, four. And the census taker said, well, can I have their names, please? And she said, sure. Their names are Edie, Meanie, Miney, and George. Kind of confused, the census taker said, may I ask why you named your fourth child George? Sure. We didn't want any mo. <laughs> Will that translate? 
So tomorrow at 11. Okay. That's gotta, it's got to sound funny just saying it in Spanish, though. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Because how do you, eeny, meeny, miny, and Jorge, how do, you, how do you even go with eeny, meeny, miny? Okay. Scripture reading. Thank you, Jesus. Matthew 1, verses 18 through 23. This is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be with child through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man and didn't want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her, divorce her quietly. But after he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. And blessed be the word of the Lord. Powerful verses about scripture, about Christmas, about Jesus coming to save us from our sins and and being called Emmanuel, which means God with us. God coming in the flesh. These are all the things that Christmas represent and are all about. And it fascinates me, this week, um, uh, really most of the world will shut down for Christmas. Most of the world will actually stop pretty much everything and shut down. Stores close, office close. I even saw a sign that Winn-Dixie's going to be closed this Christmas. Um, so it's a big deal. Uh, things are shutting down. And uh, there'll be very few, peoples on the hi- very few people on the highway on Tuesday. Uh, and it's amazing to me to think that an event that happened over 2,000 years ago can have such a profound impact on us today here on the opposite side of the world from where it all took place. And, and you know, this, this event, uh, the coming of Jesus, even dates, you know, it it's dates our calendars. Um, and every time we say 2000, almost 13 now, um, we're, we're referring to the entrance of God into the world some 2000 years ago from BC and AD and how that works. And uh, by the way, it's after the 21st, now we survived that in case you were worried. I talked to you about it numerous times, but uh, some people were still like, hmm. So, you made it. Congratulations. I saw some on the internet. It was funny. And they showed the Mayan calendar next to an Oreo cookie. Did you see that? Almost identical. (laughs) Now everybody's going to go Google and search that. So, what's so special about Christmas? Why is it so important? What's the big deal? And uh, that's what we're going to be looking at today. Why it's important, why God did it, and what difference it makes to me. Three points. First one is this. Why is Christmas so important? And, and I can answer that um, first question in one phrase. God came to earth. That's why it's so important. God came to earth. It was big news when man walked on the moon. It was even bigger news when God walked on the earth. And, and not only did he come to earth, but what's really fascinating when you think about it, he came in the form of a human being. Philippians 2, 6 and 7, who being in very nature God, talking about Jesus, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant being made in human likeness. God came, fully God, fully man in Christ. Now Jesus, um, uh, you know, he didn't start there in the the stable, in the manger, in the cave, wherever he was born. Uh, His beginning was not that scene that we think about. He existed before creation. 
But this was the way that he entered the scene. And again, I think that's fascinating because I think a lot of us, if we had the opportunity as God to enter the scene and make an appearance, we, um, we might have chosen to be a little more dramatic about it. Maybe we would have waited for like halftime at the Super Bowl to make our appearance. And, you know, we would have come with cosmic fireworks and, and you know, we would have made a lot of, lot of flash and a lot of pizzazz and, and uh, you know, just a really big deal. But God had a completely different idea. And this, he came into the world the same way that all of us have. How amazing is that? He, cho- he chooses to come into the world the same way that all of us have entered into the world, by being born into it. And it's all of this plan that God has for us is wrapped up in the little infant Jesus coming into the world. But why did he come? You know, of all the ways that he could have come, why does he come as a baby? And I believe it's this. Since his message, what we read about, since his mission was to save us, he didn't want to scare us. And I think, you know, a big pizzazzy entrance that we couldn't explain or relate to at all would probably frighten us really bad. But he came in a way that we could all relate to. He came the same way we had. He was born into the world in a way that we could relate to him. And, and see, that was a big, important part. Um, as we enter this season... A lot of people um, don't experience tremendous joy at Christmas. They have a lot of maybe baggage they carry through, a lot of negative emotions, um, grief over lost loved ones that uh, they don't get to have with them any longer. Um, sometimes they, they begin to reflect at this time of year on another year having gone by and not really seeing any changes in their life or things that they wanted to happen take place. And, and so for some people it's kind of a sad, um, sort of depressing time. But the thing is this, if you, if you do feel that way, um, what you need to know is that Jesus understands that. He knows what you feel. He knows what you experience. Um, first, he, he created you, but second, he, he became a human himself so that he could experience what we experience. The difference between us is he never sinned, but still, he, he got the full range of emotion. He got the full range of experience that we get in this life. And, and so... He came and experienced life among us. It's a huge deal, this part of the Christmas story. He came to earth. He came as a human being, fully God, fully man. He split time, A.D. and B.C. It's the most significant event ever in history. But as cool as that is, and that's why it's important, that's not the the good news. The good news is why he did that. And I want to look at that in point two. Why did he do it? Why did he come and... and, uh, live among us and, and die for us and do all the things that he did. Well, he did that because you needed him to. We all needed him to. You might not have realized uh, at this point, and hopefully you already have, but uh, you may not realize that you needed him to come at Christmas. And I've got four quick reasons. There's more, but four that I want to talk about. Um, the first one, and I kind of alluded to it in the first point, Jesus came to earth to show us what God is like. Because Jesus came to earth, we have an idea of what God is like. There's a lot of crazy ideas out there about what God is like. Uh, if you want to spend some time one day, do a little Google search about what, what people think God is like. You'll be fascinated at some of the results. Um, and, and people have some very bizarre, crazy ideas about what God is like. And, and uh, um, they're just not true. Jesus said, I'm the truth. I came to show you what God is like. And so that, that as we know what he's like, we can figure out and understand what God is like. Um, when we go outside, 
here where we live and 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 we can learn some things about god by what we see and by nature um for instance we can we could go out in the water and we can see that god is creative um we can we can look at nature and see that god is powerful um you know you look at the waves and the wind and the rotation of the earth and and all of the power that's seen of god in his universe um we know that god is organized because there's organization in in the chaos uh, around us we know that god likes variety because there's so much variety we know that he likes beauty because there's so much beauty around us we we can see these things we can learn these things about god by looking at nature but some things and and the most important things you would never know about god if jesus had if jesus hadn't come to tell us about what it's like for instance nature doesn't tell us or teach us that god is loving jesus teaches us that nature doesn't teach us that god is forgiving we only know that because of Jesus. Nature doesn't teach us that God has a plan for our lives, that you're not an accident, that he put you on earth for a purpose, for a reason. Only Jesus teaches us that. He's the one that lets us know what God is really like. The second reason he came is to show us what life should be like, to show us how to live this life. I I tell you this all the time. He's our model for life and ministry. And and the truth is most people really aren't living life they're existing they're they're just sort of getting through it they're they're for so many people life is waking up in the morning going off to work coming home in the evening watching some television going to bed and starting it all over again and that's their life flow and and they're just existing and there's more to it than that life in in Christ um is an adventure and he's got us here and there's there's so many things that we can do and he gives us fellowship and he gives us worship and he gives us the bible to read and to study and to enjoy and to grow and to learn and he he he, he gives us the church and he he gives us mission and purpose and meaning there's so much more to life um that that we can experience jesus said in john 10:10 i have come that they may have life and have it to the full we talk about that all the time he wants us to experience a full and abundant life now, I understand that sometimes life pops into routine, and I get that. And I even know at some level there's some there's some things that's good about routine, because um, sometimes you need to know that things you know you, you just need a sort of a, a a base. But when life begins to feel like you're just existing, that there's not a, a, a sort of an edge of some neat stuff going on, you're starting to miss life. And God doesn't want you to live like that. He's got far more for you than that in Christ. And and the idea of being uh, involved in his story means that there's more to it than that. He wants you to experience it and we experience that by being alive in him. He came to give us life. He didn't say I've I've come to give you religion. Uh I I I didn't I didn't come to make you religious. He said I've come to make you fully alive, to teach you the kind of life that God wants you to live while you're here on earth. And as we get connected to God in Christ, we can experience that life. Another reason he came was to help us understand that we can trust God. Um if you 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 can't trust somebody you don't know and and you've got to get to know people before you can really trust them. That just makes sense. And and oftentimes we don't trust God as much as we should because we don't know him yet at the way that we should. We're learning in Christ about how to know him so that we can trust him more and understand how faithful he is, but it's a it's a process. But Jesus came to help us know that we could trust him. Because life really starts to take off when we begin to trust in God and know that he's good and faithful and true and loves us and has a plan for us and we're going to be with him forever. Last reason I want to talk about today 
that God came to earth in human form, um, in, in the form of Jesus, is to forgive everything you've ever done wrong so that we can have eternal life with him when we're done with this one. Um, pretty significant reason and purpose. First John 3, 5, But you know that he appeared so that he might take away our sins. And in him is no sin. He, that's, just that verse, that's a great deal, isn't it? He appeared to take away our sin. Wow. When you, when you think about, if you, can, if you can let that sort of rest on you, all this, the times you've messed up, everything you've ever done wrong, everything, you know, your entire life, today, all day, you know, and what we're going to do tomorrow that we should do, all those things, he appeared to take that all away from us. Philippians 2.8, being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. So he came to let us know what God was like, and, and then in the process of forgiving us, to, part of his mission was to go to the cross and exchange his perfect sinless life for ours so that we can be forgiven and go free. And that's all about grace, and, and um, because of his grace, we get to spend eternity with him, and, and that's an amazing, amazing deal. Um, it, it's, it's a gift freely given to us. It costs Jesus tremendously, God tremendously in making it happen. And you think about it, Jesus leaving his eternal throne, his kingdom, his home in glory. He, he limited himself by taking on um, the nature of a servant as a human being. He put up with all the aches and the pains and the suffering um, that we do and experienced even worse than that in, in, the, in the suffering he endured during the cross and crucifixion. Um, and he did all that even though he was God. And he gave his life for us there on the cross. So, you know, Jesus didn't stay in the manger scene. He didn't stay a little baby. Uh, he grew up and he went to the cross and he didn't stay there either. The good news is that he defeated death there and he rose again and now sits at the right hand of the Father interceding for us. Big deal. Why did he do it? He did it because he loves you. Um, that's the bottom line. He did it because he loves you. Um, more than we'll ever understand, God loves us. And I just don't, our brains aren't big enough to fathom it at its depth and height and width and breadth, that kind of love for us. We, we maybe can just get just a, enough of it to grab a hold of it. But to really figure it out, how it's just, you know, the creator of everything coming for us. Broken sinners that we might have life for him is a, is a picture of love that, that words, you know, don't really capture in what it looks like. And so no one will ever love us the way that God does. He, he made us. He created us to be in relationship with us. We blew it, so he came that we could have life. That's love. John three sixteen and 17. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. That's why Jesus came, to save the world. Sometimes, you know, you've heard me say the church has got the message messed up, and we're, we're, we think we're out supposed to condemning the world, and we're finger pointers, but, but Jesus came to save the world, to let them know that he loved them. And, and he came for our benefit. Third point, what difference does it make to me? What difference does it make to me? The difference is, because of what's happened, is that we can all know God 
personally. We can become involved in a personal relationship with the creator of the universe. See, here's the thing. He knows everything about you. He wants you to know all about him as well. That's the, the, the coolest deal. He wants uh, you to be his friend. He wants you to think of him like that. Um, and, and that's the reason you were created. We talked about that last week. You were, you were put in this earth to have a relationship with God. That's why he made you. And if you miss that point, if you, if you don't figure that out, you've, you've missed the whole reason for life. The whole reason you were created by God in the first place. To get to know him on a personal basis now and forever. And see, to me, that's the gift of Christmas. I want you to know me and have life with me. I want you to know me like I know you. But this gift um, has to be received if it's going to make a difference in your life. Uh, a wonderful gift unopened is, is just not really a, a gift worthwhile. You, you've heard me say this before, but I think of it at Christmas. If someone gives you a gift card, which is a fine gift, uh, unless you use it, you, it re- you really didn't get the impact of the gift. You know what I mean? If you, if you just have that card around forever and you let it expire, it, and, and, and that's why they sell gift cards, because people do that apparently. A great percentage of people don't redeem the gift. Um, but see, this gift that's offered to us by God, we have to unwrap. We have to receive this gift. Romans 5.10 If when we were at our worst, we were put on friendly terms with God by the sacrificial death of his son, now that we're at our best, just think of how our lives will expand and deepen by means of his resurrection life. See, this gift that's made available to us is the most incredible gift that will ever be given. Nothing will ever compare to it. Tuesday, hopefully, you're going to be opening some gifts. And and I hope you get lots of gifts. Um, and, And you know what? Some of them are going to be kind of impersonal. And some of them are going to be kind of impractical. Some you really can't use. Um, Some will be very temporary. Um, They're going to wear out or break some, maybe even before the day is over. Uh, You know, last year I I really wanted one of those little um, remote control helicopters. It was a blast for about 10 minutes until I shoved it into the wall. Boom! Ah! And then it wouldn't fly anymore. It kept going. It it looked really sad. So... Look, every time I tried to fly it, it looked like it was passing away. Uh, So anyway. This is the big question. How many Christmases will you let pass without receiving this gift? If you haven't already received this gift of life, now and forever with God, how many more Christmases are you going to let by before you do? Don't let another one pass. Don't let another one slip by and and cause you to miss out on life. An unopened gift isn't doing you any good. Don't let another Christmas go by without unwrapping the gift that God has for you, the gift of life in Christ. You open this gift. It's really just humility and faith. You you just go to God and admit you're, you're a sinner. Some people, have, they struggle with that so bad, but all of us have messed up. Everybody here is broken. We just go, God, I've blown it. Time after time. And we ask him to forgive us. And he does. He came to forgive us. And then in faith, we just say, Lord, will you, will you come into my heart and life? Be the Savior of my life. Be the Lord of my life. And that's how you unwrap the gift. Look, if you haven't done that, if you're here tonight and you've never done it, 
You need to do it. It's the best thing, best decision you'll ever make. Look, let's do this. I normally do this, but I'm going to ask you to do this with me before we go into worship. Would you just take a moment, and just for a moment, would you bow your heads and close your eyes? I normally do this, but I want to make sure everybody's had a chance to open the gift. And I, I want to give you enough room to um, respond in private. And in just a moment, not yet, but in just a moment, I'm going to ask if you've never unopened that gift to, to raise your hand with me, and I'm going to pray you through a prayer. I'm not bringing you up or anything. I won't embarrass you. But I want to give you that opportunity and, and, and make sure that everybody's had a chance to just pray this prayer in a simple way that says, God, I, I want to know you more. And, and I want to be your friend the way you've talked to me tonight. And so with all our heads bowed and eyes closed, let me just say that. Look, if you'll pray this simple prayer with me right where you're at, will you just slip your hand in the air so I can see it and say, you know what? I want to, I want to pray that prayer tonight. I want to make sure that I'm, I'm covered and in tonight with Jesus. Is there anybody that needs to pray that prayer tonight? Okay, good. All right, I see hands. You can put them back down. So here's what we're going to do. We just, and we'll all do it. Families do these things together so nobody feels alone. Would you just all pray this simple prayer with me? Lord Jesus, please forgive me of all my sins. Come into my heart. Be my Lord and be my Savior. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Let me pray for you. You don't need to repeat anymore. Father, I pray for those that prayed that prayer. And just ask right now that they would know how much you love them. That they're yours forever, now and forever. Everything is forgiven. Everything is new. It's the most amazing thing ever. Lord, we're not going to go and be perfect now, but but Lord, we just want to live for you. And Lord, I pray that all of us, you, you just fill us all again with your spirit. Refresh and renew us, Lord, with your Holy Spirit now. And let us experience life that makes a difference. And we love you so much, God. We love you so much. You're an awesome, awesome God. Thank you for Christmas and for all that it means. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen. All right, so here's what we're going to do to transition. We're going to move into worship. Uh, on our way there, though, we'll take up our offering as part of that worship. It will give you a chance to stand up and stretch your legs. So why don't you do that? Would you please stand up? And uh, let's take up our offering to the Lord this morning. <clears throat>